And the date is August 15th, 2000, and what year is this? 12, right? Yeah, yes, that correct. checks out. <laughs> it's Podcast Unlocked, episode 67, IGN's Xbox and Xbox 360 and Xbox Live Arcade and Smart Glass and Xbox. what am I leaving out, man? Indie, indie games. Indie games, Windows Phone, technically, even though, I mean, uh, you're here, Justin Davis, our wireless editor. Yep, hello, welcome. Well, and, wait, uh, I did that backwards. You welcome me, <laughs> and I say thank you. Yeah, I... Got you, can, it. you can welcome me also. It works out. <laughs> Destin Legary, ace uh, cameraman yeah. this week. Hi. Hi. I'm doing an experiment. Running Socials <laughs> experiments yeah. are good. That's fun. Um, we can do those. We can run them and see how they go. So, yes, it is mid-August already. That puts us at T-minus one month until the holiday season, the holiday rush really starts with, I mean, I think Borderlands 2 is really the kickoff of everything. Do you guys agree with that? Mm, I guess. Yeah. You guess. Well, I sense a dissenting opinion. I don't, sort of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Me? No. <laughs> yeah. I just say that because it's another sequel. So, yeah, I don't know. For me, the, the holiday season is like new games. Then new you're stuff. never having a holiday yeah, they're, season. They're all sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you don't think Sleeping Dogs kicked it off or Darksiders? It's two? but it's yeah, it's summer. August, That's that August, can't be holiday yeah, yet. August or summer games? Yeah, totally. Okay, it's a great summer game for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've got both uh, Darksiders two and Sleeping Dogs out this week. Reviews are up on IGN. Yeah. I was very, they both fared well mm -hmm. from us. I was very surprised to see. Uh, on our traffic, one of those two games did significantly better traffic on it, as far as its review than the other, indicating a lot more interest in one over the other. I guess Darksiders. I'm, I don't want to. I sh probably shouldn't say which, just Why? for to I don't know some sort of professional courtesy <laughs> uh -oh. to people were people were very very upset. Okay, give me this symbol. <laughs> if it was, we're filming, if dude. It was game one. Yeah. We're not on the radio <laughs> anymore. It's if this goes on YouTube, I'll be I'll get in trouble. It's true. I um, can't do that. We had, Sleeping Dogs turned out really really good. Uh, Colin Moriarty reviewed it, gave it an eight five. He yes. loves that game. Um, you know, which is very surprising. I think mm. people didn't have many expectations for it. And uh, you know, he sits his desk is right next to mine, and I've been watching him play it. And yeah. uh, you know, it looks great. It's got that same level of you know open world jankiness that every open world game has but uh you know if you can look past that or if you're in the mood for a new open world game you know eight five it's great well you know and it's yeah. a testament to the developer united front games because that that game went through a lot of trauma along the way that, it, that and it survived which a lot of games wouldn't it, it actually started off as its own thing and then Activision came in. I forget. It had a code name, and they told they told me what the code name was. Yeah. At and then one Activision's point. like, "Hey, you got to put this game's yeah. name on it." Right. True Activision crime. came in yeah. and made it turned it into a true crime game. Hmm. And then Activision very, I would say, unceremoniously, except it was the opposite. It was they very ceremoniously dumped it. Yeah. yeah. And then they were left to flounder until Square Enix came in, and they spent a bunch more time on it. And here it is now as Sleeping Dogs, and it exists. So. I mean, it's congratulations to those guys, really, yeah. for not only persevering and yeah. yeah, getting to the end of the 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 end of the yeah. tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, but actually the game is good. And I would say, you know, it's absolutely critical that that game comes out now. You know, yeah. it's an August game, and uh, you know, if that game were to come out in the fall, it would just get chewed up and spit out, no matter what the reviews were like. So yeah, you're uh, you absolutely know. right. I it, actually I actually did the guide on that game, so I've been playing it for like 
forever. You've probably played it more than anyone in the world outside of <laughs> outside of the developer, right? As of right now. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, my only thing is like once you've beat it, once you beat the main story and you've done all the side quests and everything, there's kind of not a lot for you to do as a player. Like you can steal cards and stuff, but yeah. like you kind of lose that motivation to go back and explore. That's the only downside. To I would it. say Saints but Row. But that's after like 30 hours, right? So Saints yeah. Row the Third was kind of a lot like that for me too, where I had a phenomenal time with that game mm -hmm. uh, and the missions were hilarious and super fun but yeah once you kind of tore through it all there were there weren't a lot of actual open world repeatable yeah. or random activities to do there were no mm -hmm. open world shenanigans not really all not right. a lot of shenanigans so i can cross that i gotta get it onto every podcast yep um, check what shenanigans yeah here at the <laughs> 550 mark of the show it's done it's out of the way <laughs> well i can just Okay, bye guys. Yeah, I'm out of <laughs> here. Just checking out. Um, I, I also want to touch on, uh, you know, I know I got a lot to get to, but Darksiders 2, that's the other big yes, review that course. went up this week. Uh, our own illustrious Audrey Drake reviewed that. And, illustrious. Uh, Fancy that, words. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional. <laughs> Justin <laughs> uses too many too many syllables for this show. I think I got I got I'm having a hard time following. Our own our own. <laughs> is very, that like is that like hot? Yeah, our own our own good Audrey Drake. Um, mm. she so um she gave it a seven five. People are very upset about that score, and to be fair, um, it's getting higher scores other places. It mm -hmm. got a, it got I, a nine on some publications. Rich was tweeting that she got a lot of flack on that right. review. And so out of line, guys. But you you're gonna get. I mean, any reviewer now on a big game that people have pre-ordered and they, they're literally invested in it because they're hyped up for it and excited for it. Yeah. If you give it a 7.5, they're going to rip into you because it's like you're telling them that their pre-order or their purchase was wrong. Was, right. was You're invalidating their decision. It's mm. a, As a game reviewer, you have the same conversation over and over and over again. And that's, uh, look, 7.5 is, is good. That's good on our scale. It's almost great. You know, 8 yeah. would be great. So, the, you know, no one can be upset about that. But they are. And that's because people aren't reading reviews to find out how good a game is. They're reading reviews to validate their own, exactly. you know, either purchase decision or validate their own opinion. So, um, you know, people are geniuses if if their opinion agrees with you, and they're idiots if their opinion disagrees with Very you. Much so. You're an idiot. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm excited about Darksiders 2. I was pleasantly surprised by the first. Um, you know, it's one of those games I don't think I'm going to rush out and buy it for sixty bucks. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll 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 play it eventually. I don't know if we've said it on this show before, and we probably have, so I won't spend long on it, but I do worry that if that game, you know, it's getting, it got a 7.5 from us, mixed reviews, you know, it's not coming out as a, as a universally acclaimed nine must buy game. Yeah. If Darksiders 2 doesn't sell super well, if it just sells okay, I worry for the future of, of Vigil, that studio, simply because of THQ's very, very, um, shaky financial state well, yeah. I, I didn't play the first one but that was like a big surprise to people it did yeah like yeah. really well it was it kind of like a sleeper hit people com were comparing it to zelda and everything so, it was um, it was very derivative though yeah um can't be a sleeper anymore right that's mm -hmm. exactly yeah um you're sitting at the big boy table now the, the the adult table you're not at the kids kids table anymore you need to slap a two on your game and see how it holds up <laughs> i also you know the other point and i touched on this but you know it did get a higher score elsewhere than it did from us and you know i haven't looked at the metacritic or anything but i'm assuming you know other people gave it an even lower score and that's healthy that's normal oh yeah um, you know sometimes people well everyone else gave it nines and you didn't and it's like well you know okay i didn't like it as much as other people it doesn't like, make you know, me wrong reviews are 100 percent subjective it's just like here's what i thought about this game you know and you give every game a fair shake and uh i think it's totally okay for one review to be higher or lower than anyone else's review mm -hmm. um of course it is take a look at the dark knight rises in our own office yeah some of us thought it was 
the best of the trilogy, yeah, and some of us thought it was absolutely the worst of the trilogy. Yeah, I mean, that all those verses, man, all... the comments in that thing, people were going crazy. We did, uh, we did uh, Batman versus the Avengers. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, people were going like, stir the. That, that's yeah. a combustible recipe right mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, all those people that are wrong and dumb that think it's the best of the trilogy. <laughs> I'm with um, you. They just won't. They just won't shut up about it. I liked it. I didn't think it was like the best movie in the trilogy. No. Well, you only have yeah. two other ones to choose from. The first one, like you've set given me up these the people everything. No. Not everything. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> uh, if you need me, I'll be in a pit on the other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how uh, how I'm gonna get home with no ID and no money or anything, but. I'm sure somebody will just give me a ride. He just yeah. walks up to the taxi driver. I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, okay, hop in. Yeah. You're good for it. Uh, so um, elsewhere th- on this week's show, coming up in the middle of the show, our featured guest this week, besides these two fine gentlemen, mm. is Dean Dodrill. You may not know his name, but you know his game this week. He is the one-man band, the, the sole creator of Dust and Elysian Tale, which yeah. is this week's Summer of Arcade game on Xbox Live. Game looks hot. It, it it is. We gave it an eight point five. Oh, really? Go check out our. I'm sorry, I didn't even realize our review was up yet. Oh yes, uh, we're on it. We are on it like Donkey Kong. Kong it. Oh Kong boy, um, really? no. <laughs> yeah, that happened. He no. really did it. So yeah, eight point five. Check out our written review if you want to just watch the video review. That's up as well. But it is yeah, it is a great end to Summer of Arcade. To what was overall a pretty pretty mediocre at best summer of arcade what's another highlight from summer of arcade well for, for me deadlight oh yeah you know which is another game justin that a yeah. lot of mixed mm-hmm. reviews i really really liked it mm-hmm. and uh so i'm on the other side yeah of of audrey's situation with darksiders i really liked deadlight and some of the other critics out there did not yeah which makes them wrong yeah uh-huh. well you know <laughs> not everybody can be right 100 percent of the time you know it's it's hard it's hard being correct all the time yeah I no know. um yeah, for me, Deadlight for sure was was the highlight. Although I really do want to play more of Dust, and mm-hmm. it's I'm fascinated to talk to Dean. And for once on the show, I haven't actually talked. We haven't spoken with him yet. I don't know what I'm going to say. Whereas in previous <laughs> weeks' episodes, I I already the interview was in the can, and I could I could talk about it like a like a fortune teller. Like, oh yeah. man, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. He complimented my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you would just say, I bet he's going to compliment my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you he'll have something nice to say. But I bet so, he will talk about his game. Well, that's <laughs> a f- safe bet, yeah. well, I think. Well done, Dustin. <laughs> but yeah, so Dean is going gonna, is gonna to be Skyping in with us to chat about his, his experience of, of going from, you know, from the indie depths of, of startup development to... Uh, now he's the toast of the town. <laughs> yeah, now he's... Now he's. I don't, uh, I don't think that's prep true. But <laughs> I don't know. Now he's. I mean, I hope that you know. I like. I we all like indie games here, and so obviously. You know, I hate indie games. No, <laughs> not not really. That's okay. <laughs> Fair point. No one would ever say that. Yeah. Um. But I think people that work in this business especially like indie games, and so you know we all want to see him do well. We all want to see those individual creators do well, and he seems like a really nice guy. So. So we will chat with him and and get and learn his story of how he. How he he went from from zero to hero, from from rags to riches, Dean Dodrill. Wow, Stay doing the voices that. today. Yeah. <laughs> you got Batman earlier. Well, you know, we're trying to work. We'll work in as many as we can. 
and then maybe we can have our readers play our listeners play a drinking game every time ryan Let's does make a, a, soundboard. a bad imitation of something take a shot and you will be sloshed by minute 12 of yeah. the show oh wait it's minute 13 right now well you know well we kept him alive for another <laughs> yeah, before the paramedics had to show up and then the only other thing really to, to talk about here at the top of the show it has been it's very interesting to me to you know as a as a new guy at IGN sort of seeing how our bullpen area essentially just explodes during during big conventions you know at E3 we were all on site in LA mm-hmm. but and then Comic-Con wasn't really about games so so this one is my sort of first in the office Gamescom it's it's like everyone it's like everyone is in a foxhole and just you at, at points throughout the morning you'll just see You'll just see like mortars go off, and this people is be like, What's "Oh going my on? God, are you this on covered? this? Cover it, cover yeah. it!" And it's a really fascinating thing to watch. We should be filming that instead of this podcast. That's so, awesome. I pitched that for a show, like just like film our like morning meetings and stuff. But like we couldn't figure out a way to put it together yet. So but maybe someday. You're not uh, you're yeah. not working for magazines anymore. No, man. sir. There's no you know I I'll write about that in two weeks. Yeah, I'll, maybe. Get, <laughs> I'll get to that later this month. Yeah, nope. There's none of that. It's got to be up literally within about three before minutes before that minutes sentence has, has has finished. Yeah, we uh, yeah, that's that's completely true. Grammar, who needs it? Yeah, just, just hit the publish button. Grammar, man. am overrated. Yeah. I don't even know how to use a semicolon. Yeah, <laughs> sort it out. I don't even know what a semicolon is. <laughs> Punctuation. Yeah. All right, and that's why um, I'm on video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back and do the news. IGN's Xbox 360 podcast, the podcast on love, presents the news on. It is the news unlocked. Dateline, August 15, 2012. Nah. There's another voice for you. Take another shot. <laughs> I, I want to play this game when I get home. <laughs> you're going to go listen to it. Well, you'll know exactly what you're in for. You'll be able to plan. You'll be able to call a designated driver. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. by the news, uh, you got to come three. pick me up because <laughs> I won't be able to drive anymore. We always used to, we had this running joke um, at a previous place that I worked at where we wanted to have like a 1920s newsman show up to like the E3 press conferences oh, or like the great. GDC press conferences and he's got a fedora on that says press in it yes and then I like the idea of him having like a giant typewriter that he like sets <laughs> up on like a table then it's like Reggie's like we have something I hate to be the very bad news somebody does that exact bit in a morning show in Dallas but they do it they do it for sports not for gaming it's like that's incredible hey champ what'd you think of the Jimmy Jams exactly like now we'll take questions from the audience now what do you think about the moving pictures yeah like when they announce their big game they're running to the back to try to get on the phone so in Dallas I think the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones actually was around back when those typewriters yeah. were in vogue <laughs> yeah. yeah that guy's old you can't silence the press <laughs> so justin <laughs> mirror's edge yeah where, where do you stand on the mirror's edge uh i'm indifferent oh i know i know i know you're the this guy news man. item is lost on you destin i heard the somebody was talking about mirror's edge in battlefield yeah, that so was, our guys. Yeah. Well done. It's not like you have that on a cheat sheet of paper. In not front at all. Of you. Oh, are we going into the uh, <laughs> the thing I can read on this piece of paper? Yes. Yeah. So play along. <laughs> yes, our own guys, including Mitch Dyer. That's by the way that we should have mentioned at the top of the show. That's why Mitch is not here, as you heard last week. He was off that to Germany. Oh. Yeah, he's he's hammered <laughs> off his ass in a beer garden somewhere. 
probably there's, wearing. There's a good chance that that's 100 percent true. Yeah, <laughs> he he better be for going all that way. I'm, you know, yeah. he has to drink for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they got an interview with uh, with Patrick Bach, the executive producer at Dice, and they were talking about Battlefield Bad Company, which I'm indifferent towards, but I know Mitch loves it. Yeah. And then they were talking about Mirror's Edge, which of course is like. Here, have my firstborn child in exchange for Mirror's Edge 2. No. Okay. What? My wife's not listening. So, so what's the exact quote? So he said... On Mirror's Edge He, he was asked about Mirror's Edge, and he said, quote, We haven't killed it, meaning the franchise, the brand, because it's too good to kill. They're just like keeping it chained up in the basement. That's a Exactly. Hell. Feeding it pancakes and pizzas <laughs> under the door. Well, they could just open the door if it's chained oh. up. Well, that's true. Yeah. I guess. I'd... Damn you and your logic. <laughs> this analogy's falling apart. <laughs> chained to the wall and there's pizza and yeah. pancakes coming i can't get to it i can't it's just it slides under the door but so I, I can't get there you guys went dark yeah this we're talking about how <laughs> great somehow it is. well this see this is how dice and ea make me feel they, they make me feel like i am chained up in the basement when it comes to mirror's edge because they just keep they just they just tickle you i mean I, tickle yeah. you in, it's, a, it's in a dirty place it's hard well yeah that's true um, it's hard to know what they have in mind. I mean, it, it's obvious they're planning something or they have it in mind. Otherwise yeah. they would just say, you that, know, they would just say, we, yeah, yeah, we have no plans. There's no plans for Mirror's Edge right. 2. But instead they're like, well, well you know, maybe, maybe I ima- that's, that's how of. I imagine that that guy talks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, except with a Swedish accent. <laughs> yeah. Is that Swedish? I don't know. What that was. I, I don't know. I think you just caused uh, uh, six of our Swedish listeners to unsubscribe from this show. Though. I'm pretty sure Da is not Swedish. I said yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He did. He did. I heard him. Um, and I will say, uh, Battlefield Bad Company is best Battlefield. I'm just going to put that out there. It is well liked, especially in the console circles. Absolutely. Yeah. But at this point, I mean, so here's here's what's going to happen with Mirror's Edge Two. We're we're at the point now where if if it's not a next gen launch window title, if mm-hmm. it doesn't get announced next year for the next gen systems, I'm gonna go hurt someone. Like probably gonna get on a plane to Sweden and someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah, that's just how you it's hear gonna that, go. Developers, that's just how it's gonna go. Just hop in the cab. I, and I know say, I'm an amazingly intimidating human being. You're gonna you're gonna take the cab to Stockholm and you're gonna say you know to dice por favor Va- vamos. <laughs> When is Dice? No, no, no. Dice No, no, the the developer. developer. When is the show Dice? Oh, Jesus. Yes. (laughs) That's what I meant. Just never mind. Is that relevant? And by the way, I think think it's like in January or February, to answer your question. Okay, I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, no, they need to really stop teasing me. It's Mm -hmm. just not fair. Although, here's what I think is going to happen. This is because I'm going to set my bar so low that it so here's what it's going to be justin they're going to announce mirror's edge 2 the ios game uh-huh. and then i'm just going to go four years of waiting for that and then you're going to paint the wall with your brains yeah i'm going to end it all an appropriate response yeah that's just a little over the <laughs> not top. drastic whatsoever <laughs> to be fair there was a mirror's S, mirror's edge game there on was. ios and it was actually yes. really good but it's not obviously that's not what people are looking for no but this is how it's going to go it's going to be like a Microtransacted free to play iOS game. Yeah, for MMO. Every, every jump costs you 50 cents. <laughs> you want is, a new kicky move? Yeah. That'll be $1.99. This is the future of video games. Do you want yes. shoes that give you plus one meters to yeah. uh, your <laughs> yeah. jump distance? Or they add one color for every dollar you spend. Right. Oh, okay. you want the yellow pants like in Kill oh. Bill? That's going to cost you. 
So um, I hope EA and Dice are listening. Because no, don't do the transaction thing. Don't yeah, listen I'm, to that part. I'm, no, no, I'm because I say because I'm coming for you if you don't deliver the goods so, soon. Speaking of bad ideas, Ryan, what's what's next on our list of news? <sighs> nice segue, by the way. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, it's bad news if you don't want your Halo to end up like Call of Duty because Halo Four is getting specializations, which are Call of Duty esque perks. You have a loadout when you go when you start the match, you, you know, do. and it's different for each person, and that's new, new to the Halo. Well, game. see, oh, these- hold up, we talked last week about how Modern Warfare, you know, the initial game was actually pretty innovative and in, like changed oh, absolutely shooters. So they're just kind of adopting that. So what's the, what's the harm in doing that? Well, because Halo is Halo, and Call of Duty is Call of Duty. They are all slowly now, becoming um, the same game. Yeah, aren't exactly. They? But now Halo is Call of Duty. That's the problem. Well, it's still going to be Halo. No, I, I mean, the, so like three or not three, but Reach kind of had loadouts. To, to see the full story, packs. head over to IGN.com. On the Xbox channel, you'll see it at the very top of the page, Halo 4 Specialization. Yeah, so here's my question. We, we knew this already. So what's the new news? Well, we I mean, have, so IGN, we have all the details of all eight okay, specialization so, so, classes and, and what everything does. Got it. Oh, so cool. now, we, now we know the actual breakdown of yeah, the Yeah, we've got it all. And so... Um, we also to, have the gun noises. Oh, really? Yeah, we have a video showing off all the guns and their noises. That's right. One of our weapons. one of our YouTube associates did that. Yeah, not not to be weird, but like they changed the sound of the shotgun and that kind of bugs me. They changed the sound I'm of just all, hijacking like all the this guns. Whole conversation about well, about the that, specialized No, it's funny to yeah. say that. I mean, the first time mm-hmm. I saw the game, which was in February, yeah, all the guns, they redid all the audio and yeah. it's like they took a subwoofer and just yeah, everything's like, facey. Everything's very deep. Yeah. Very, very deep audio. I like that shotgun. You know, all the noise yeah. and stuff that went with it. Halo, Halo sound shotgun. design, weapon design. I, all the sounds, the guns, they were all distinctive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd know if a needler or whatever was being mm-hmm. fired at you. Um, and, that you know, that matters. Doom 2 still has the best shotgun noise ever, by the way. Mm-hmm. Can never be disputed. Don't try. Good, good job like, not like, trying. You're waiting <laughs> no. for some, Yeah. But no, so specializations, to clarify for anybody listening, I do encourage you to go read the article and not just because I want you to go click on IGN, but uh, there are a lot of details in there. So to to maybe clarify, just for you, Justin, in particular, because yeah. I think a lot of people will think this, you don't just choose one of these out of the gate. You have to level up to 50 first. Oh. And then this is like, they're t- it's 10 bonus levels for the specialization after you've capped out. Interesting. And so, so like that's an improvement on their marketplace sort of from reach where you would level up and you get a new helmet. Right. Except but it doesn't it's the difference is so the 10 extra levels you'll get for your specialization, 9 of them are just cosmetic things like mm-hmm. reach. But the 10th one is an actual it's a, they're calling it an armor mod mm-hmm. that will have an effect on gameplay. So like you get an extra grenade or something. Not quite like that. So there's um of course, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. there's uh, the operator is when you're in a vehicle like the Warthog, the vehicle's health yeah. is higher and it oh. recharges its health higher and it's more it's um, more resistant to to being EMP overcharged. You know, you can take an overcharged plasma pistol and hit a Warthog and it'll it'll, you know, f- it'll Slow stall it. Down, for, but it stalls that. it for a couple seconds. I love Halo so much. That's interesting. I do. And and it was, uh, let's see, what's one of the other ones? Maybe there's... Um, I haven't been following Halo 4 like I should. There's uh, Engineer, which lets you get a better... You, you get like an extra heads up on where the weapon drops are coming in. So stuff like that. There yeah. are there are some little... You know, each, each of the eight classes has a gameplay modifying thing. You know, you might be able to 
if you get like the perfect team of Halo players together, you know, somebody of each perfect class, you could almost form like a dream team. Yes. Yes, a dream team like <laughs> NBA 2K13. You know, I'll just keep setting them up. I, you know what? And, and you can... Boom. Yeah. Home run. Done. <laughs> Swing to drive, way back, and gone! It's a boy's drink. Missing. <laughs> the, it's the wrong sport. Yeah. It's a like, voice, though. It's an impression, and we're doing like, the shot game for our listeners. Yeah, remember? so, you know, we could go... Or we could go, like, bad Mar- Al- Marv Albert. <laughs> like, Yes! That's yeah, pretty good. Not bad. That's, that's two shots in a row, man. You're beating them up. <laughs> <Okay>. Just <laughs> hope you went with beer and not something harder. Yeah. So NBA 2K13. NBA 2K13. Br- bringing back dream teams. I saw it last week, and you know this. It's it's got to be hard. I really, I genuinely feel for sports game developers that I think they have some of the hardest jobs in the business because mm. they're fenced in by the realism. rules of their sport and realism. Mm. They can't just... Not all of them. He's yeah. on fire! Well, you know, Unless for the Sims. NBA Street, and then you have, like, a Yeti and... Yeah. Right. Yeah! But they, my, I'll play those you know, games. These guys, these developers, they get nine months to develop mm-hmm. a game because the other three months are for QA testing, you know, certification, and disc manufacturer and all that stuff. So it's effectively a nine-month development cycle every year. I saw you had a new sports game in your uh, bag today with a number plas- new number on it. I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. That night, <laughs> how, how much more vague do you want that? Madden 13, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, this. so this is a game. Does it have a year on the end of it? Yeah, 13. NBA 2K13. Probably. 2K13. That's what they do with all sports games. All they do is, like, why am I excited about 13 over 12? Well, and that's that's part of the problem, yeah. and uh, is that it is. It's, that's the point I was trying you to get make. A, you Sorry. get a nine-month yeah. dev cycle, and you have... You have people like Destin who are like, why should I give a crap about this yeah. year's game? Mm-hmm. And this year, as Justin alluded to, with uh-huh. his brilliant lead-in there, uh-huh. the Dream Team. They got they got the original 92 Dream Team, except Scottie Pippen, for some God only knows reason, and the 2012 Dream Team. So you can play them, you can pit them against each other in the game. Nice. Which I think is awesome. I mean, that's a great feature. Um, for me as a Suns fan, which is my cross to bear in mm-hmm. the in the basketball world. Do you think they're going to, like, in Scottie Pippen's place, they're going to have, like, scooty pepper that like looks <laughs> just like him but, like, i hope so oh i hope so that would be money you know when they start when they start adding uh bill clinton and uh yetis yeah. that's when i'll start buying the, the yeah. basketball games Man. from way they need an arcade mode why not have like an arcade mode in those like the nba 2k because the they don't have time they have nine months yeah it's true and it, so the reason i was laughing have a, er- have a side team the reason i was laughing earlier about you bringing up the number is like yeah it's it's not a secret what number it's gonna oh, be. Oh yeah, I know. It's, it's thirteen, and then after thirteen is gonna be fourteen. Yeah. Like Justin's like, you've got a sports game with a number on it in your bag and stuff. You're trying. You're just trying to kill all of this. I, uh, you know, I, I, I did not encourage anyone to attempt this drinking game. I was well, just saying, all, if you all I was it. trying to say, all sports games are, it's just like your sport name with a number on the end, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's boring. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not into them. That doesn't get me excited. I'm not into the sports in general. I don't watch Yeti, them. NBA, 2K13. I, I, I do think, I do think this, this Dream Team thing is a, is a legitimately cool addition and a, and a pretty good selling point. Are you a sports guy? Uh, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, for you, that's really cool. Do you and, think, uh, I was going to change, can, can I, can I go so here's my question. I'm just okay. gonna do it. I'm not do even gonna, I'm not even gonna ask permission. Make it happen. How far away do you think we are from there being like Call of Duty 2013? 
I'm oh, shocked it hasn't already. happened already. Because yeah. it's 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 an annual franchise at this point. Mm. And like that's what kind of killed Tony Hawk and killed a lot of Activision's franchises. Right. They didn't do that. They they wanted them to come out every single year. Like uh, and that's how you end up with Ride and Underground and American Wasteland and all this weird shenanigans and they did it with Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. What if Guitar Hero was just, you know, Guitar Hero 12, 13, 14, 15? Well, Activision could work something to death. But no. I mean, I guess the the immediate concern I would have to put on my my Activision CEO Bobby yep. Kotakat would be um, as it pertains to Call of Duty in particular yeah you I would think you might run the risk of confusing people in the sense of if it's Call of Duty 2014 they might think the the consumer might think oh it's set in the year 2014 oh well you, you know, know what I mean? they haven't done that yet with any of the other titles so people uh, people are dumb so it's true that, that could be that could turn out to be the case. Sorry, that was a little. That was just my. Well, I'm, I'm sure the call next it, game. Call of Duty 14. <laughs> well, I, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. oh, this is the 14th game. It might be when they get to the 14th game. So like 2014. I'm, I'm sure the next one's going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Since we're up to Modern Warfare <laughs> oh, Four, God. after after Black Ops Two. I like it. And there will be a golf game inserted. <laughs> a golf mini game. That would be no. money in the bank for sure. <laughs> I don't have any transition for you for this next one. You That's right, okay. Well, try, to finish try. up, hold on. To finish up on the NBA 2K13 point for my for my fellow sports fans out there, since there are none in the room. Uh-huh. Uh, Charles Barkley is in the game, and he has not approved his license and mm-hmm. his likeness and name in a video game since Barkley shut up and jam two in 1995 for the Genesis. You know, Charles Barkley is the kind of guy who always rises to the challenge. Speaking of rising, <laughs> Ryan. Wow. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. By the way, yeah. Destin Legary for the listeners out there, I hope you like him because he has he has hired himself yeah. as a permanent co-host no. along with myself and Mitch. So right, cool. you better get used to him. Justin, of course, welcome anytime. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Justin, <laughs> you're out. But Destin specifically came to me and was like, I want to be on your show all the time. So I said, You're hired. Nice. Cool. So welcome aboard. Thanks. That's me. I'm holding a camera and recording this. <laughs> okay. Uh, to take advantage of Destin's phenomenal uh, segue Charles right there. always rises to the challenge, just yes. reiterating the, the segue. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance! Exclamation point over my head. Yeah. See what I did there? I did. February 19th is the day to circle on your calendar if you are excited for some hot ninja slicing action. And mm. also helicopter slicing. And, Helic- fr- and fruit slicing. Watermelon. You know, yep. it's, it's a huge departure from the Metal Gear franchise. Yes. Like, just the way the gameplay is going to be. But, like, the develop. I was thinking about it today. Like, why am I not excited about this? If I stop thinking about it like it's a Metal Gear game and I just think about it like it's more like a related Vanquish, right? Yes. If I think about, like, this is like a new Vanquish pretty much. It's going to be like that. I can get kind of excited for it. But if I try and hold it up to the Metal Gear standard, it's really hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited for Revenge or whatever. <laughs> for a word that doesn't it. even exist. Yeah. Revengeant. Can you transfer in Revengeance? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not on the 360. <laughs> Unlikely. But um, Konami and their made-up words. You know, Justin, you mentioned earlier in the show when you were talking at the top about Darksiders and uh-huh. Sleeping Dogs and their August release dates being healthy for them. Yeah. I think this is a case where February 19th is the day, again, for, for Metal Gear. That's probably the best opportunity they have at, at netting some commercial success as well because after that it starts to get 
crazy. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect was really smart with releasing in March, too. They did all their games around the beginning of the year with their release dates. I think, yeah, 2 was in the beginning of the year also. 2 was a January game. Yeah. Which was odd, but mm-hmm. it worked. But still, there's no competition during right. those early months. Um, well, there is now. Q1 is the new Q4, man. It is. Oh, is it? And so, you know, coming up in March, you have... Um, well, actually, I should so February 19th, that's the week before, uh, I believe that's one week prior to Bioshock, mm-hmm. if memory serves. Skyoshock? Skyoshock, exactly. And then in March, you've got, I think, Crisis 3, you have South Park, you have, I believe, God of War on the PlayStation side. Gears of War. Gears of War is March 19th. So, well, yeah. There's a bunch more stuff. I'm, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, but it's it gets, crazy. It gets nuts. So, uh, best of luck to Konami. I, to me, I look at Metal Gear. I'm excited for it. Uh, I've I've only played a little bit of a couple of the Metal Gears. I've I've just played the demos of two and four, and I've I've that's the extent of it for me. I, I'm looking forward to Revengeance because I want it to be the Ninja Gaiden game that Ninja Gaiden three was not. Yeah. So that is my hope that, for it. That's what I saw today too when I watched that new trailer with 45 additional seconds of footage. You know, I saw, like, a, a Ninja Gaiden-type game, and it looks uh, exciting. I have Fruit Ninja on my phone. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I Speaking mean, of yeah. phones, it's, I see you've stopped my filming. My phone stopped filming video. So. It said, it said, I, I, it said, it said I do not. I'm full. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I, said, I don't want to. I had half a gig of storage. I don't, I don't want to record this dude's face anymore. Yeah, yeah. Please, we're going to stop. We're just mm. going to end this horrible so it's, experiment. It's all, it's all B-roll for the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the show. Um here's one to circle on your calendar hold up you got a better segue than that do it so do, uh, i on. wonder if in a prior life jack was a farmer speaking of farming <laughs> that was a pretty bad one that was that was more that oh was how about the... how about this how about okay oh boy you know so metal gear i'm really i'm really sowing the seeds for uh better for a good expectation speaking of sowing the seeds <laughs> eh? yeah 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 this is a real thing. I actually was about to click delete on this press release, but I always look at them and make sure it doesn't say Xbox 360. This one says Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farming it, Simulator 2013. Everybody in the office was a buzz with chatter this morning when we got this press release through. I'm so excited. Yeah, it looks so good. Did you guys watch the trailer? That's what I was going to say. I just <laughs> no, can't wait to see no, another I dubstep didn't. trailer. Oh, it's... You need to watch it. Is there an official... Oh, the, the official trailer is just a normal trailer, right? You've seen the YouTube... I've seen a video of some, like, really happy music with a that's just nothing but... It's like three minutes of farming equipment rolling around crop fields. You gotta see... I'll send you a link, and everybody... If you just Google Farming Simulator Dubstep, there's a YouTube video <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. It's probably not safe for work. <laughs> not safe for work. Yeah, I'll show you. It, we, we, right. IGN actually ran an article on that, but... Yeah, I obviously this is silly, right? Silly news, silly story. No, but we got big plans for this thing. We're going to cover the heck out of it. I'm legitimately excited just to get another ridiculous I'm not even joking. Trailer. We actually have coverage plans for this. Yeah, well, yeah. it's hey, you got to give it credit. It's unlike anything else on your Xbox. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. That is an undisputable <laughs> indisputable fact. This is not if you're if you're looking for originality, you know, you're sick of first person shooters, you're sick of sequels, you're sick of mm-hmm. uh this is what you get, Call of Duty this haters. This is what happens to you. <laughs> you get Farming Simulator 2013. I just want to drift in my crop 
in my uh, crop sower. Do donuts in the right. in the harvester, exactly. the combine. Exactly. You know, the last game that, that comes to mind that featured a harvester combine, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh. Yeah. Right. Remember? Yeah. Harvester out combine. in the out in the. The, oh yeah, you know, the wilderness between the, between L.A. and San Francisco, between San Andreas and San that's Pierre. right. You could drive it around. Yeah, there's a harvesting combine. Pretty rough to drive. Also yeah. featuring a harvester combine. I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you boys. Carmageddon two. What? <laughs> you could run over pedestrians and they would be spit out as as bloody cubes Where's of people. Where's the sequel to that? Yeah. Uh, well, they're, they they kickstarted kick it. And oh really? I, I I backed that mofo. You better mm-hmm. believe it. I yeah. loves me the Carmageddon. So there you go, Farming Simulator. Get your pre-orders in now. I'm telling you, boys, this is never coming out on Xbox. It'll come out on PC. This will... What, they Farming will, Simulator? Yeah, they'll come to their senses. There's no way this ships on Xbox. I think it does. They're I'll, not going to pay the licensing fee. They're not going to go through the hassle. I'll bet you a steak dinner that this game comes out on Xbox. Xbox Live Arcade? You don't think... Maybe live arcade. Yeah. But not... You don't think they I don't think. The, I don't the, think they're... What's I don't the think size they're paying on for, arcade now? I don't think they're like paying for uh, discs and boxes and all that. I'll yeah. bet you lunch. Uh, okay. I'll bet you at Whoa, least... up upping the stakes. I'll bet you... Well, that's not upping Speaking the stakes. No, I'm lowering the stakes. stakes yeah, he's, lower, he's lowering the stakes. <laughs> oh. we, uh, I will bet you 800 of Microsoft's moon dollars, 800 of their moon money, that this comes to Xbox. <laughs> of their 800 allies. In the United States. In the United States. Because we've seen, like, there was a, a very weird and sort of crappy Tour de France game that came out in Europe on Xbox, but not here. So we should... We this should bet husks of corn, you know, in the farming. <laughs> farming Ten dollars worth of corn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be delivered, one ear at a time, one day at a time. Okay, that could get that could get nuts. <laughs> three, I'll go as much as three husks of corn. All right, I think we have ourselves a bet. Done. <laughs> Except, did we bet the corn or the dollars? Corn. Ten, corn. Ears ten of bucks, corn. What do we got? Ten corn, corn, moon dollars, or ten, lunch? Ten ears of corn. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Organic corn. I don't want to eat that that DDT sprayed junk. Okay. My wife would shoot me. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to... So remember me when I get this bet, when I win this bet. <laughs> okay. See what I did there, yeah, guys. I did. I you with your cheat I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> the next, the next game. Uh, we need some new IPs. Destin, tell us about one right now. You better pull one out of your ass right now, son. Remember me from Capcom. That's right. And yes. And the other company that's working on it. Don't nod. Don't nod. Yeah, I know it was, it was like, do not something. Yeah, <laughs> don't nod. Uh, so this game was originally called something else. What was it called? Ariel or something like that. Mm, awaken. Oh yeah. Well, no, we'll look it up no, afterwards. You know, we're so we're on it. Here. I came in prepared. I yeah, we're on top of it. Oh, so anyway, so this like, was actually shown in 2012, and it was shown again today. And 2011. Uh, 2011. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was shown in 2011. <laughs> I don't even know what year it is. It was shown in 2011, and it was shown again today during uh, Capcom's thing. And, at uh, Gamescom. Yes. At Gamescom, and I'm impressed. Everyone's very impressed. This uh-huh. game looks amazing. So it's called Remember Me. Um, it's set in like in the near-ish future, I think, 2070. The middle of the century. 2070, 2050. Yeah. So, you know, sort of a little bit far away, but it's still recognizable as the world we live in today. It's in Paris. So it's in this like you know futuristic techno cyber Paris, cyber Paris. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Takes yeah. place in like twenty forty eight. Right. It's all the future yeah. is all techno music it for is. some reason. I don't know why. And so it's uh, you. The premise is that people can um, what is it like change and remix memories or yes. take memories away from you. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Wiki, wiki, wiki! Remix. Sort of, sort of like Total Recall. Yeah, exactly. Only with like 100% less Colin Farrell. 150%. Uh-huh. So I, I'm actually doing a little bit of research. Uh, Frank came over like uh, really excited about this. And uh, a lot of people are comparing this to Watch Dogs in the comment section. I think and it's not a valid comparison. The reason they're comparing uh. it is because of the user interface. Like when you look at a person, their personal data comes up. And that was something that we saw in the Watch Dogs yes. thing. Gameplay-wise, it's drastically different. So It doesn't seem they're both... Uh, this one's open world, right? Or is it not? I actually don't know. Watch Dogs so, and this game do both seem to be open world. They're futuristic open world games with themes of like personal privacy. Here's the difference yeah. gameplay-wise, though, and I would encourage anybody... Exactly. If, if, you're, if you go find the trailer on IGN... I agree they are different games. There's a few design choices that are similar. Yeah, be, be sure yeah. to watch... See, I actually watched... I didn't watch the trailer first. I watched... We have a seven-minute gameplay demo yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that first, and then I watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. The trailer's kind of vague about what kind of game it is, yeah. genre-wise, but the, the seven-minute gameplay demo will really clarify, clarify it for that you. Got me, that's what got me excited. I watched yeah. the seven-minute demo. To also. me, it's it's Assassin's Creed of Persia. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hand-to-hand combat and a Meet lot syndicate. of— a lot of platforming. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very. There's a lot of verticality to it. And, yes, and mm-hmm. leaping around. And uh, you know, the thing that jumped out at me was she's like hanging outside of a, a building and sort of spying on what's happening in the That's window. That's like five inside. minutes of the demo. She's just hanging there the whole time. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looks very very cool. I I don't think the comparisons to Watch Dogs are that unfair. I mean, mm-hmm. there's obvious similarities. Um, yeah. Even if they play very different, you know, they're tackling what it is that totally did it for me was that user interface that people are seeing. Yeah, it's really you cool. Know. I love people that take, you know, that's, I'm actually not that wild about the Dead Space games, but, uh, you know, the, their UI system is just so clever and oh, smart yeah. that I, I have a lot of appreciation for stuff like that. What's interesting, two of, like, the creator of Don't Nod and uh, one of the main guys working on this game are both from Ubisoft. Oh, really? Yeah. So, because I looked up, I had to look up Don't Nod because they're <laughs> new. Uh, it's founded by a few former Criterion people. That's the burnout they, they need for speed on guys. Haze. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the the creative time, director, uh, I believe. not time. Well, Time Splitters was their game, but um, Free Radical. That's whom I'm thinking of. Okay. That's who. Well, that's who did Haze. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the guys, John, something. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Like, but uh, you're such an American yeah. <laughs> yeah. gringo. But um, John, one of the lead creative directors, he was at uh, UB, and then he worked on the Haze title, and then they released this game. Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Jean Luc Picard. Lana Course. No. No. For remember me, warp nine, engage, drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do a good Picard voice at all. It's no. just not. So anyway, so are you guys excited for it? Yes. I, yeah, I think. I, I mean, it. I do think in this gamer day and age that in this exact sort of moment of time, 2012, I think a game like this, like Watch Dogs, gets a little extra love from people because it's a new ip and it's not yeah. a sequel yep. that's not to say the game isn't deserving of it but i think it just benefits even more by being a, a fresh original thing yep i put a lot of premium on games that do something new and try something new and yeah. if, if parts of the game don't work or maybe it's not as fun and polished as other games i'm willing to cut it more slack if it shows me something i haven't seen before i think um, that's why i like loved assassin's creed one yeah you know um yeah, I mean that's that's and that's why you know I'm a mobile games editor and that's why I like mobile so much. Is there's mm-hmm. so much sort of crazy shenanigans going on on that platform? Um, yeah, and this looks really cool. I mean, I, my hunch would be you know I haven't seen we, I, I haven't played this game. I haven't played Watch Dogs. I would imagine both games will probably end up being you know kind of short 
uh, you know, I'd imagine in the gameplay department they might not innovate as much as people are hoping they will. That's that's my hunch about I, both these I games. Think Watch Dogs will. But my my other hunch is that they're gonna take us on like a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And they're gonna tell us something and 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 make a point and communicate something that that you know isn't really addressed in video games very often. And I'm excited for both of them, totally. Speaking of the Jean guy's name, who I can't remember, I guess at Gamescom, Keza wrote this really great piece about Remember Me, and she said uh, the inspiration for Remember Me was um, this guy meeting his girlfriend for the first time. Huh. So, Or maybe his wife, but uh, yeah. That's cool. I have a terrible memory. I have the worst memory at IGN. Like, yeah, you I, haven't just, even I, just, I read this right before I came in. I can't it, remember who wrote it. Or You haven't even been playing the podcast unlock drinking game that we just invented <laughs> maybe i have been the viewers can't see any you know all right couple more news items this week epic epic games cliff blazinski well remember me has a potential to be epic speaking of epic <laughs> excellent i don't want to stop well the done. segue game no yeah, we're almost yeah that's true yeah. we've almost completed the thread to c plus Epic has purchased the remainder of People Can Fly. I first saw the story and went, wait, didn't they already buy them? Yeah, they had a, they owned a portion of the company and they bought the rest of it. Now they've bought the rest. And it, then three founders left. Yeah. That, so, which I found weird. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, there's obviously part of the story that we're missing and of that course. we don't know. So but, wait, we get a billion dollars each once you buy our company? So, all right, I'm gone. <laughs> Epic seems to be, you know, and I don't necessarily have any insider information or anything like that, but just looking at it from the outside, um, the guys that are making Infinity Blade Dungeons on the iPad um, were Epic employees, and they left and founded their own studio, um, but then they're still Wait, working. Wait, Chair didn't do that game? No, Chair is not making I that game. I did not know that. Um, you know, it's made by this new studio, and uh, these guys left Epic, and instead of being mad about it, you know, they're still helping them out, they're still giving them PR help, and, uh, you know, they're still sort of publishing the game. Mm-hmm. And so, and in their press release, the People Can Fly press release, they're like, yeah, these three guys left the company, but, you know, you'll be hearing more about what they're doing soon. And so my hunch would be, you know, I don't know. I have no details, but my hunch would be they're still going to be, their relationship with Epic is still pretty strong. Yeah, Mark Rain, the company Epic uh, president said, quote, our paths will be crossing again. Yeah, exactly. And And we're going to new Quake with a new Quake engine. (laughs) <laughs> or on the real engine or whatever. To me, yeah. it sounds it sounds like a very similar situation as the guys that left to do you know this iPad game. Um, you know, they bought the company and that probably put some cash in their pocket, and they wanted to go do something else. Yeah, I guess so. I, um, it's it's strange, but you know, it's just there's not there's nothing we can do but wait. Yeah, it's, and see. it's odd because yeah, usually if you buy a company, you buy and you you keep the top talent locked in there for at least a, a set period of time yeah, I like mean, i mean that's that, that was the peter molyneux situation yeah he left when his you know contract was finally up and that's when he bolted out the door but he'd been there for many, you know several years yeah. after yeah. microsoft purchased line i mean it. we epic this could also just be you know they're a big 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 company now they have all that unreal engine money mm-hmm. and uh you know they're spending it on buying up development talent they have studios all over the place they do um, and this, you know, they could just want, you know, they could just want that studio, you know, regardless of whether who's who's in charge of it, just the heads, just the warm bodies. All right. Uh, can we pull this off one more time? Nope. Segway? Nope. You guys are just shrugging at me now. Like, uh, oh, it's, yeah, we got nothing left. Allegedly, you know, we got nothing left. <laughs> mm. uh, allegedly, an Xbox 720 <laughs> dev kit was listed and sold on eBay by that same guy who leaked the photos of it that were confirmed to be real by various sources, including our own. How much was that sold for? I didn't see what the sell price was. Monies. Because uh, I, I expected it to be pulled down immediately, but yeah. apparently it went through. And it's this, yeah, the same guy who goes by uh, 
D-A-E, Day, or whatever. This is his username. Oh, it's like Day, but it's a capital E. So you say it Day, but it's spelled differently. That's unique and edgy. I'm sorry. I, think I, I hate internet names. I think that stands like for that. that stands for dead after execution, because Microsoft's just going to hunt this guy down. <laughs> maybe, maybe the fact that the maybe auction that. went through and wasn't pulled means it's not real. Maybe. Yeah. But would they have allowed it to go through... Should they have allowed it to go through either way? Because if it's real, and you're allowing it to go through, that's your that's Microsoft company hardware. Because that's that is if you have a dev kit, Microsoft still owns that dev kit. They've just yeah. essentially leased it to you. They're letting you borrow it. And if it's not real, do you, by letting it go through, you you make people you let you allow people to believe it is real. Uh, yeah. So that's the strange part. I, I don't know. Maybe they're just like handling it through legal channels. You Possibly. Know, it's hard to say. But I just think I mean this guy who's leaking pictures and put it on ebay does he does he seriously does he want to get sued like is this just well, he, he's gonna yeah i mean it's but you know this is not these are not the actions of a rational human being and you'd think Probably microsoft like a 16 year old kid but how does how does how does a 16 year old get a, a dev kid uh strange I, I isn't know. it yeah i don't know why maybe I, his dad works at a company and he took pictures of it when his dad brought it home well that he, happened you know. with uh one of the last couple halos yeah, yeah. and I there know. was that leak of all that tom morello yes yeah <laughs> but Jeez. those screenshots um, were great yeah <laughs> i just why waste your 15 minutes of of anonymous internet fame on something stupid like this that you're just going to get in trouble for anyway yeah well, i mean the, I don't the answer the answer is i mean i don't know about the pictures but the answer here is money i guess yeah, you know, I mean, he sold it. Like he's he, he's trying to get money for yeah. it. All right. Well, we've got to grab Dean Dodrell on, on uh, the line here momentarily. Destin, what can we spend our money on this week in the uh, marketplace, both well, brick and mortar and digital? This week, Darksiders Two and Sleeping Dogs is out, and on Xbox Live Arcade, Dust and Elysian Trail is available for nope. fifteen dollars. <laughs> okay. We are interviewing the guy, so um, try to, let's, he, he's going to get a kick let, out yeah, of that. I'm glad he's not on the line already. <laughs> let's back it up. Okay. Let's. All right. Darksiders 2 and Sleeping Dogs are out this week. Yes, those are the yeah. big releases uh, in retail. Reviews are up on IGN.com yes. if you want to um, help make your purchasing decisions. And both games are good. See the wiki on uh, Sleeping Dogs. both, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we have, have a Darksiders 2 wiki and a Sleeping Dogs with, wiki. With crap so, tons of video. Yeah. For... If you do get stuck in those games, you know, hop on over to IGN.com slash wikis for detailed walkthroughs and videos. Well played, sir. And then how about uh, on, and then on Xbox Live Arcade? This will segue into our next segment. Dust and Elysian Trail. No, that's still <laughs> wrong. Are you doing this on purpose? I'm, that says, that, that's what it says. No, it does it not say that. <laughs> try it. Try again. Playable demo. Elysian Tail. Elysian Tail. Oh, I was misreading it. <laughs> I was interested in the Elysian Trail game. <laughs> Dust and Elysian Tail. There we go. Jeez. And how about uh, is there anything we can anything interesting to download off the Xbox? Well, there's playable demos of Madden NFL 13 and Damage Inc. Pacific Squadron World War II. My name is Destin Legary. And if you <laughs> Can't head on, I said trail. If, if you head on over to IGN.com/wikis <laughs> and watch our videos, it'll go right into your eye holes and turn your brain into goop. Yeah. We don't have any wikis for Dust and Elysian Tale, but if you're curious about Dust and Elysian Trail, we've got you covered. <laughs> yeah. IGN.com. All right. We'll be right back with Dean Dodrill to talk about his new game this week's summer of arcade game, Dust and Elysian Tale. 
Well, this week I am pleased to be joined by Dean Dodrill, the one-man show, the one-man band behind this week's Summer of Arcade game Dust and Elysian Tale, uh, the final game in Summer of Arcade. We've chatted with, with somebody from everybody, from every Summer of Arcade game, uh, from Tony Hawk. We started with Tony Hawk, and now we're uh, a guy who had, you know, with all due respect, almost nothing to do with his game's development. He had some involvement, but... He never actually rolled up his sleeves and got his hands there. He was more, you know, Tony's more of a consultant. To the opposite end of the spectrum, Dean, a man who did almost literally absolutely everything for Dust and Elysian Tale. Dean, welcome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So tell me, first and foremost, how do you make a game by yourself? Well, it takes, you sacrifice about 10% of your life and, uh, then you somehow survive. So the story of Dust is actually pretty interesting. Um, it involves an old friend of yours, your partner in crime, Dan Amrick, back yes. in your OXM days. Yes. And he actually he wrote an article called OXM versus XNA, and I had no idea what XNA was. You know, well I had heard rumblings, mm-hmm. and it, just around that time I was thinking, you know, I would really like to make a game at some point. You know, every every gamer says that. You know, they want to make games. I read that article by Dan, and it was. It was mind-opening because, first of all, I thought, okay, these tools are free. I can kind of dabble you know, with the code, and it sounds like it makes things a little easier. You right. still have to get down and dirty with code. It's not like a game-making tool. But, but it was something that he wrote basically saying, you know, I, had a, like a, I made like a, a picture appear on my Xbox. And that just sounded so cool because you know, everyone dreams of, you know, if you're a console gamer your whole life, you're, you just dream of that kind of thing. And that's what got me started, and that was late 2008 so right at the beginning of 2009 three and a half years ago i thought okay i'm going to sit down and i'm going to learn a little bit of programming and i'm going to make like a nintendo style game you know like an 8-bit game sure and uh that that was my goal you know i thought it's going to be nice and small and maybe i'll sell it on the uh, indie channel for a dollar or something whatever just something fun to do yeah well that kind of kept ballooning and i kept learning how to code a little bit more and i come at it as a uh, my background is as is as an animator and artist, but I hadn't really done much stuff in games. And I started to learn how powerful the console was. I thought, wow, you know, two-dimensional games can look really nice with this new hardware. And as I kept pushing, I, I kept making the game look better and better. And within six months, I had a really nice product, well, practically the first part of the game done, mm-hmm. and I submitted to Dreamville Play. Yes. And that was a, that was a crazy time in my life, because I just... It was like sometimes you, your brain is a sponge and you just soak it in. And I was just like that. And I submitted to Dreamboat Play in, around August of 2009, and I won. Right, and that which put some eyes for our uh, for our listeners. That, Go ahead. Now that's the competition. It doesn't the final the finals that happen at GDC every year, the Game Developers Conference. Is I that think correct? They sh- I think they usually do it around PAX. PAX, okay. Like, like I think, yeah, I think they're about to announce the winners of this year. In fact, so I think it's around this time every year. And uh, so they, they showed it off at PAX a little bit, and that got some eyes on it from Microsoft's end. And uh, by January of, ne- of 2010, we had signed an XBLA deal. D- does your head just, I mean, at that point, do you even realize, it's, is, are, you do, are you like that kid from YouTube, are you like, is this real life? I'm still feeling that way now, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> like, the game, the game just went on sale this morning, and I'm looking at leaderboards going up, and the idea that people are actually paying for the game it's very surreal. Hey, you're making you know, money right Game developers now. feel that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very weird. Because, you know, this thing has been 
like I've been hammering on this thing for years, doing all the artwork, doing all the code and designing stuff, writing. I did have a friend come in to help co-write Alex Kane. And then I had a, a group of guys come in and do some music with me because, mm -hmm. you know, nobody, nobody wants to hear me do music. <laughs> and then, and, uh, I hooked up with a guy to all the, the musicians. I, I have a group called Hyperduck Soundworks, which did some amazing work. They did a great score. And then Alexander Brandon, who from the unreal and deus ex days. So he's got some talent. And then I had a friend come in, uh, Devin Mack to basically cast and direct all the voice talent. And somehow this thing bloomed to the point where, you know, we've got 40, 40 actors in the game wow. you know, providing voices. And, you know, I, I, I still do about 90, 98, 99% of everything, but you know, I have to give credit to those guys for coming in and helping, but yeah, it's just, it's been all me and just working on this thing, sacrificing time with my family and my children. And to have it out there has just been so uh, validating, and people seem to be receptive. So I wanna I wanna ask uh, about your family in a second because I'm I'm fascinated to hear what what your wife thinks of all this. Uh, but you you, you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned that you worked a little bit with with animation. Is that so? What what exactly were you doing with your life before you started with this game? What what was you know what was your career? What were you doing? My last office job was many years ago, just doing uh, flash animation for some. Uh, it was like an e like an internet email thing. I can't remember the company, and then doing tutorial stuff. And then I took a break for a while to focus on working on this uh, on Elysian Tail, which is basically my property, and that was basically going to be a film. And huh. I, I had been working on that for a few years, you know, just kind of self funding it. And when when the XNA thing popped up, you know, I was feeling. Like, I'd want to take a little break, you know, like a little three-month break and do that. Um, so I decided to write a story in the same universe, but it has nothing to do with a film. It's not the same characters or anything, just kind of the same themes and ideas and designs. And I thought, you know, if, I, if this thing flops, you know, it won't affect that. But now the game has taken over, and so I put that on the back, the film on the back burner while I focus on, you know, hopefully making more games if, if this is successful enough. So... So tell me how your family has reacted to all this. It sounds like your family is used to you doing uh, wacky things, you know, following your dreams in crazy ways. Yes, and it I, sounds I like they're supportive. I, I do drag my poor wife around with these crazy ideas of, you know, I'm going to do this pretty big thing. And she, you know, she's always, of course, been very supportive. Um, all, you know, all my family's supportive, but it hasn't been until really the last six months that extended family started noticing it's like wow this thing's actually kind of picking up steam and i've always been happy with the product but you know it's you never know if it's good right and uh the fact that it's out is it's been very nice D does your extended family have they you know are you like the have you always been the outcast until now like are do they always do you think they're like oh man that he's a moron what's <laughs> he doing with his life what he's got a family to provide for um, uh, have they been supportive as well, well? i think yeah, the family's all been crazy, sort of. You know, they've all been great. Um, obviously, there's been a little, you know, be, being an artist in any industry, I'm sure every artist feels that way a bit, you know, because there's, there's a bit of a stigma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I said, just, just having it out there and having people actually see it's like, oh, this is an actual thing that's being made. So, you know, I, I definitely have no complaints. So, Dean, if you don't mind, can I ask how old a guy you are? I am, let me see, I'm 36. I'm 36 this year, and it took me three and a half years to make it, so it was like 10% of my life. Wow, so, because that, that's what I was, you know, you, you know, most video game, most people in video game development tend to break in young. You know, they grow up playing games, 
they, you know, and then they just sort of, they either start out in QA or in the low level and they just sort of work their way up. You, you had a whole life before and now you're essentially, you're like, uh, gosh, I, I'm trying to think of a good sports analogy of, of somebody just, you know, <laughs> coming in at, at age 30 and all, and you're the, you're the new sensation now. Um, I, I mean, is this, is this the future for you? Do you want to stay in games now? Or do you have do you have other aspirations? Do you want to go back to the film now? Does this? Just... I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely want to stay in games. I, I definitely want to stay in games for a while because you know I enjoyed doing this so much. I think mainly because it it exercised a part of my brain that wasn't being used. Because artists tend to be, you know, not very great at math and logic and such. And it was nice to kind of like I feel like I really kind of grew doing this. Whereas before I was getting a little stagnant. It is interesting. Go, jumping into this so late because when I was much younger, you know, back uh, I'd say around the eight and sixteen bit days, it was kind of an ambition to work in video games. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought, oh, I'm going to work at, you know, I I want to work at Capcom or Konami. And you know, back then, I had no right idea that these were like Japanese companies. And right. Such. And uh, I I don't know. I just never followed up on that, even though I was always kind of, I always analyzed games technically, I suppose, and and also you know studying the art. So as soon as when I started this, it was, it felt very natural. It just I just kind of jumped into it, and like I said, I had a huge, dem, you know, part of it done for Dreamville Play, which is only like six months of development, and really I can't I can't really explain how I was able to do it that fast. It was I can all, all I can say is that it was divine. <laughs> did you know? Did you find yourself? Was this something that it sounds like you know you mentioned your brain being a sponge and you just were were getting into it. Did you just find yourself spending 10, 12 hours a day on this? Or, or is it still, were you able to, was it just something you dabbled in over the course of time? I will say that I did put a lot of hours into it. I remember when I started, you know, I really, as soon as I started to get, you know, I was inspired. I did, I was putting in 14 plus hours a day up to Dream Build Play. And I thought, okay. You know that that's great, and then I slowed down to a more matted row twelve hours, but it was never below that. And the last uh, six months of development has definitely been sixteen plus hour days wow. up to twenty hour days during crunch. So yeah, I've put an incredible amount of time into this, and uh, you know I had to, I had to quit playing video games basically for the last three and a half <laughs> Ironically. years. Ironically, yeah, which is really which has been painful. So you know all of my I've been fed by watching you know videos online of you know like let's play type stuff. That's been my sustenance while I work. <laughs> now you mentioned eight and sixteen bit stuff uh, in your childhood, so you're just a, you're a few years older than me. So you you grew up in the the NES era as well, just as a little bit of an older kid at the time than I was. So w- what were some of your favorite games growing up? Oh, definitely, uh, you know, definitely side scrollers. I guess mostly I like you know obviously the Mega Man's, Mario's, Contra, Castlevania, and all of those influenced the game fairly directly in, in points. Sometimes I even re- reference them outright. I also love uh, sh- shooters, which used to be, uh, you know, like side-scrolling, like a spaceship shooting. It wasn't like a first-person shooter. And I actually, you know, I love the, the feel of little missiles flying everywhere and bullets. And that also influenced Dust, which hmm. is kind of a weird combination of a platformer and an action RPG and a shooter. It's just kind of a weird mix of a lot of different games that I like that I don't really see others making that often. Now, uh, how about how about game designer wise? Were there any 
I know we, you know, there weren't any real famous designers when when we were kids back in that era. The, the individuals didn't really stand out back at that time, but now obviously they do. I mean, are there are there people in today that that are designers that you really look to, look up to or admire as you as as you find yourself the you know the rookie in in the game development world? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like, I agree with you. Like when we were kids, you know, you had no idea who made this stuff. But uh, definitely, you know, some of the bigger PC developers, um, obviously someone like John Carmack, he's not a developer, but, you know, you... you, you oh, sure he is. Like, like I'm, I'm sorry, not he's not a designer. Or he's he's less of a designer and more of a, you know, tech guy. And you just True. look at that and think, man, you know, the, the brain on that guy. And obviously, uh, you know, like on the console side, you have like Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, just like he, always adding that little bit to give players a little extra bit of satisfaction. Um, like, you know, for example, you know, the Zelda games have the musical combat, you know, when you're hitting things and it's giving you some musical feedback, which mm-hmm. is incredible, incredibly satisfying. And I actually, you know, we stole that for Dust. And <laughs> like, it, D- Dust is definitely uh, my attempt to cover up all the things I've stolen. <laughs> so I, I want to get something straight. So you mentioned the official Xbox Magazine article. Uh, so are you saying, are you saying that I indirectly get partial credit for dust's existence because i because i because i worked on oxm and and uh i believe i because so that feature if i'm remembering it correctly was that the feature where several of us on the oxm staff attempted to make our own little games yeah in fact i i actually been talking i talked to uh, francesca a bit uh, eic over at oxm and uh yeah she was she was giving me a little background that as well but yeah, it was the story where you guys, uh, there was a few interviews with a few developers talking about jumping into the industry, but it was mostly you guys, like, creating little tiny apps, you know, and, you know, to, to various degrees of success. Right. I made a horrible and, little racing game. That was my contribution. Yeah. But, like, if you guys had not, if you hadn't had that article up, I wouldn't be doing this. I mean, it literally is because of OXM and that article that I decided to start this so yeah you got you definitely get all the credit from, you know, <laughs> for doing that that's right oh, listeners you know, huge thank you <laughs> if you, you have you have me to, to thank Dan, not the not the hundreds of thousands of hours that dean put in you have to thank me for dust and elysian tale <laughs> i did really consider putting a ryan mccaffrey's dust and elysian tale on the title screen but uh, microsoft <laughs> uh they kicked my face in no one knows who that is well, can we can we take his name off Um, so uh, Dean, I'm curious on a, on a similar note, did you really, you know, you had the background in animation, but as far as, you know, the game creation, did you, did you not know that you had this dormant talent inside of you until you read that feature and, and started to dabble? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I had no idea that I would be able to program a game at this level. You know, I still look at it and I, you know, it's hard for me to fathom that I made this thing. You know, I, even now I still play it and I enjoy it. And that's, you know, really fulfilling. It's like, oh, this is still fun to me. And I see all the flaws, of course, but it, it is amazing to look back at it and think, wow, I designed this thing and it's fun. And these mechanics, you know, there are a lot of original mechanics, you know, there's obviously I cribbed some stuff, but there's, there's some mechanics in, the, in there that are pretty original and, it was like, you know, I felt like these these are things that are obviously fun to do. Why hasn't anyone else done them? 
and wow, did it come from my mind? You know, that's <laughs> it is very weird, and it's 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 hard to it's hard to look back at it now that I've stepped away for a couple of weeks. You know, now that the game's out of certain being sold, and yeah, it's yeah, I guess it's it's weird to think of it as a dormant talent because I guess it was there. You know, there's no way I could have worked this fast normally. Yeah, and and you've even ma- managed to pull off the rare feat of uh, your. You're well liked on the NeoGaf forums. Nobody, no developers are well liked there. They're all it's yeah, it's, <laughs> all, it's just it's nothing but snark. But no, they love you. Well, I have been handing out some free code that might have something <laughs> to do with it. But yeah, I think I think I'm generally kind of a I'm not a very con- confrontational guy. You know, a lot of independent developers, you know, make a lot of noise about you know what's going on, and I'm kind of a you know, I'm just kind of a quiet gamer, and maybe it's partly because, you know, I'm not a teenager online. You know, I've right. I've got three children. I had one child during the last couple months of or a couple of weeks of crunch, and you know, I've got bigger priorities in my life than trying to argue with people online. Sure. So, so may, maybe that's it. You know, I think it's just people our age are are kind of beyond that. Well, hopefully. and I I think you're right, but I think part of it too is is they like you, and we all like you, and that's why I'm. I'm fascinated to to talk to you because you're you're a man of the people, right? You've you're it's it's almost like a superhero origin story for you where you know, it's like you were you were bitten by the radioactive spider except the spider was uh was was a copy of official Xbox magazine and suddenly yeah. you had these superpowers to make a really creative game and you've been uh incredibly humble about it and and managed to pull off something that is fresh and fun and 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 original in in its own right as well and uh and i think your your success is absolutely deserved and and uh on that note i wanted to ask you uh about you know the game right now has an 83 average review score on metacritic uh which Mm -hmm. i'm sure you've you've taken a look at we gave it an 8.5 so we're we're right there we love the game so mm-hmm. is is that eighty three? I mean, is that above or below what you were expecting? Well, it's interesting. I've been I've been following reviews obviously online. Um, I've we've counted about sixty different reviews, and only two have been below a an eight. Yeah, you know, like below an eighty. So I, I'm hoping that number kind of pops up once more. Those numbers come, you know, start coming in. But really, I mean, that's that's still a good score. You know, an average eighty three is still a good score. And for, you know, this is both the best and worst game I've ever made. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's, that's a fair but way do, to look at it. Yeah. So it's, you know, like I, I think, you know, this is the first thing I've made, you know, most people, most times when developers make it their first game, you know, it's, I mean, you have to look at it from my perspective, this thing that I made, you know, that I was expecting to be like little $1 indie game, you know, it might look like an eight bit Castlevania, but you know, probably suck to play is headlining summer of arcade yeah and i still i still can't believe that you know it's it's very surreal well that's I, that's, is, that's exactly what i wanted to ask you next was uh i don't was it a call or an email when you when you hear from microsoft that says we're that you, we've chosen your game for summer of arcade do you do you i mean in all sorts of, like do you break down and cry like tears of joy do you just do you pump your fist what's the reaction when you get that that notification from them Oh, so that's yeah, that's a good question. Um, we had talked about it over the years because every year it was a matter of me saying, "Yeah, I think it'll be done <laughs> this year," and then them being very patient with me as I realized I wasn't going to be done th- that year. It wasn't until uh, PAX, uh, what was that, March or something? I can't remember. PAX East, just like 
Yeah, yeah, in Boston. It was only like four or five months ago. Yeah. It was at that point that Microsoft decided to show the game off at PAX. You know, and, and you know, they've been, for, for Microsoft's part, they've been fantastic to work with. I mean, they've, they've been very patient with me and understanding of, you know, my limitations and, you know, have always been excited about the game. So they offered to show it at PAX and it showed incredibly well. Like, you know, I can't even, I couldn't believe how many people were interested to play. You know, there was two hour lines to play the game. Wow. And uh, so I, we came back, you know, I had been telling people it's probably going to come early 2013. That was my plan. Microsoft uh, came to me and said, and, you know, I'm not sure how much of this I can talk about, but whatever. Too late. They came to me and, too yeah, too much, too late. And they, they basically said, you know, do you want to try for Summer of Arcade? It's, you'll have to have it done like in, you know, three months. Right. And I thought, well, I got to crunch 10 months of, of, you know, work into about three so it was a lot of back and forth with uh, Microsoft, you know, saying, yes, we should do this. No, we shouldn't do this. And, you know, I was trying to be realistic because I didn't want to sacrifice the quality of the game. I didn't want to, like, cut anything out. But I was really at the point where it was possible to finish in three months. It just meant I was going to have to kill myself to do it. Right. And I, you know, I talked to my wife about it. I talk, talked to everyone about it. And we thought, well, I mean, this is not an opportunity you can miss. Because first of all, I knew that if I said yes they were actually going to have to put dust at the end of the promotion, you know, kind of the headlining spot. Yeah. Because, you know, every, you know, just with cert and everything. And who can say no to that, you know? I mean, for an independent developer like me, there's not many other spots better in, you know, in the entire industry for a release. So I, I said yes. You know, I went to bed that night and I, I whimpered myself to sleep because, <laughs> you know, I just, just the th- idea of what I was going to have to do so to make a long story short, I died for three months, <laughs> and I somehow came back. It, it was just a crazy three months because you know we. I also had a baby on the way. Wow! And you know you know how much that can take out of one's life. I do. But so like like after, uh, I think about two or three weeks before certification, uh, my daughter was born. So I saw her for maybe a total of two hours <laughs> during the first couple weeks of her life, which was you know very very heartbreaking. But you know it's kind of like. You know, I'm I'm doing this for you. You know, trying to try to make it happen, and uh, somehow it all worked out. And I'm now just starting to, you know, learn how to sleep normally and not have nightmares about code breaking and all that kind of nonsense. But yeah, it was it was a miracle that I was able to get it done in that time. And like the game is out, and it's you know seems to be running well for most people, and it's you know people are enjoying it. And I'm just very happy to say that I, I was able to make the product I started. You know, I didn't have to. It's not like I had to cut out. 50% of the game, you know, right. to make it, you know, make it in, you know, cause I, you know, I, I was happy saying no, if it meant I, you know, I could make the game I wanted, but I knew I could do it. It just was going to be very difficult. And it was tough. I mean, you know, I, I don't wish that kind of crunch on anybody. So, uh, what, what was, so that sounds like the hardest part certainly was the crunch. What was the most surprising part of, of this game development odyssey for you? Um, you know, the, like, I think the part that I loved the most was working with Hyperduck. Um, there's a, there's Hyperduck is the uh, they're the group of guys that did my music, and uh, Chris Kian, he's there. He's kind of their front front guy. He handled most of the score, and it was it was the moment that we started getting like really great music in because music's really important to me in development. Yeah, or in in, in games, I mean. And one, once we started getting that in, you know, because I I knew the game looked nice, but it was my art. You know, I see that all the time, and I knew the game was fun. And having others play it and you know validating that was really cool. Was 
I don't know. It was it was just such a great moment, and the same. It was kind of the same feeling once we started getting the final voices in some of the final lines of dialogue after months of casting and audition auditioning people, and it was like, wow, this is. You know, it, it's still a thing I made, but it was kind of some of the outside contributions that really made it for me. And I think I think because it was like, it was a matter of others loving it as much as I did, because you know I put a lot of love into this thing, sure. and it's it's nice to like it's so nice to see other people are enjoying. It, but really, those that worked with me really they really put in their all. I guess just the last couple of questions I would have for you would be first off I, I've been I've been curious to ask everybody over the last month. Uh, from Summer of Arcade, uh, so I'll ask you, Dean. What is your favorite of the Summer of Arcade games? Ah, so this is an easy answer because I, and it worked out because you had talked to Tequila Works uh, a couple weeks back. Yes. Um. So those guys, uh, they were my they were my comrades during uh, PAX because you know we had booths right next to each other, mm-hmm. and it, it was when we met and you know we stood around in the same spot for twenty four hours during the whole show and became really close friends. So Deadlight was easily my uh, my favorite, you know, the one I was looking forward to. And I know the reviews were a bit mixed and stuff, but I think it's I think it's still a pretty awesome game. And uh, so that was easily my favorite. I, I I'm also quite a fan of uh, Racketeer. You know, my my children love that game, and sure. I know it's I know it's a connect game. You know, it's got limited audience, but I think that game's pretty fantastic. Definitely one of the best connect games. Absolutely. So, uh, so definitely Deadlight followed by a Racketeer. Now, you mentioned just barely being able to get your life back in order. Have you have you actually been able to finish Deadlight yet or have you just just dabbled in it so far? I pressed I I played uh, quite a bit during PAX. Yeah. And uh 2 nights ago I thought I would play it and I got to press start and then I that was the the children came home. So. <laughs> I know <laughs> so the I feeling. So I haven't played it. So I I have got my expectations tempered. I know it's got kind of mixed reviews, but you know I, I love that style of game, and I think the game's beautiful. So, well, that's uh, that is hard to argue with. So, finally, I, you know, I touched on this earlier, asking you, you know, if you want to keep you, you want to keep in the game development thing. So, do you already have ideas bouncing around in your head for for the next game? Do you want to continue with uh, with an Elysian Tale, or or do you have another game idea in mind? What do you think your your future holds? Oh yeah, definitely. You know. I think during the last year of development, all you're thinking about is, man, I just want to get off this and work on the next thing. And I have a really clear idea of what I want to do next. It's nothing like Dust. Um, it won't even be in that universe, uh, different art style and such. But eventually, I do want to uh, return to, uh, you know, Dust and Legion Tell. The end, you know, for those who play the game and get to the end, they can kind of deduce what's going to happen, you know, for future games. Um, so I would definitely like to visit, revisit that and, you know, add some more crazy mechanics that I've been kind of planning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable now with programming and, you know, creating assets for games. But yeah, I'm actually really excited for my next game. I haven't even decided what platforms or anything, but I am a huge fan of the Xbox. You know, I'm definitely a fanboy. I waited in line overnight for my launch console. So, nice. So work, you know, that that's definitely been my preference. And, you know, of course, there's the other platforms, Steam and PSN and such, but I definitely have a soft spot for the for the Xbox, so I'm probably definitely going to shoot for that. And then, and and f- I, oh, finally, I would just be curious, uh, at various, and maybe you haven't made it to many social functions as of late, given your, your crunch schedule, but have you found, because I know in, in my line of work, just writing about video games, I tend to get a lot of, a lot of strange questions and and strange looks when i tell people what i do do yeah, people... you made that you, you made that halo game right you're working on that halo <laughs> do you uh oh you so you just play games all day right 
Like, yeah. Uh, no, not really. So do people, you know, when you tell them that you're, so you're, you know, you're a family, you're, you got, you're married, you got kids. Uh, when, when you talk to people at social functions, do they look at you like you got a, a third eye on your head when you tell them that you're making a video game? I think so a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's one of those things where, and I'm sure you do this, you know, you don't say, oh, I work in the video games industry. It's more like, you know, I'm a journalist that covers uh, video game media. You yeah. Know, it's probably something like that. So I come as like, you know, I'm a dev- I, I could be really corny and say, you know, I develop software. You know, that's the boring <laughs> thing to do. But, but no, you know, what's interesting is I think uh, as people are, gamers are getting older, I think it's less of a problem. I can go into a, I can go to a, like a group of people my age and say, you know, I develop video games. And I think they immediately get it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's definitely the older generations that are kind of, you know, they, they're not quite sure. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like writing books or, or creating film or something. So they don't quite understand it as much. But, you know, it hasn't been too bad. You know, people understand that video games are being, a, you know, kind of a, a bigger deal. I think the Wii helped a lot with that. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been fine. So uh, that's, that's everything I've got for you, Dean. I, I appreciate hanging out. Can, do you have a few extra minutes to hang out and do our trivia question with, with us? Definitely. Oh, I love it. All right. So in the meantime, let's, let's give a plug. So Dean Dodrill, the man behind Dust and Elysian Tale, the capper to this year's Summer of Arcade. It is 1,200 Microsoft points, which translates to 15 American dollars. Uh, God help you if you're using another currency, because I can't translate for that. But uh, the game is out. It, it, is, it is fantastic. It is the best of, of old-school side-scrolling with, with amazing new-school art and mechanics, and you owe it to yourself to check it out. There's a reason that it is the, 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 the last game in the Summer of Arcade set. It is, uh, it is every bit worthy of that spot. And, and as we always like to remind people, Dean, if you're not sure about the game with live arcade the beauty part is every game has a free playable trial just download the trial edition and try it for yourself right every game yep all right so the game is out now dust and elysian tale go download it on microsoft xbox live arcade on your 360 and uh we'll we'll test your trivia knowledge here in just a second all right unlock lock Uh, with Mitch in Germany, my usual co-host. Dean, you've been kind enough to hang out for a couple extra minutes to play the Unlock Block here on Podcast Unlock, where we test your Xbox trivia knowledge. Are you ready to, uh, to either look really good or, or look really bad? I'm ready to look really bad, Ryan. <laughs> well, the good news is our, our listener, whose question I selected, they win anyway, just, just for having their question picked. I'm going to give them a free copy of... Guitar Hero Van Halen, courtesy of our mutual friend Dan Amrick over at OneOfSwords.com at Activision. Uh, I've only got about I've got about 984 copies of the game left to give away. He literally oh, sent me a thousand, <laughs> Dean. I'm, it's not a joke. He sent me yeah, one thousand copies. Yeah, that Dan. That's what he does. <laughs> so uh, and and uh, so our winner this week's Patrick Dunning. He goes by uh, the gamertag False Aesop. I like that one. You can also, Patrick, I'll also give you a, a download code for Ghost Recon Future Soldiers Arctic Strike DLC if you would like that as well. I've got a few of those codes. So here we go. It's, uh, you're not playing, fortunately, you're not playing for Patrick here, Dean. You're just playing for your own pride. All right. 
So I have none. <laughs> here we go. Back in 2006, you may remember that Burger King released a handful of games for Xbox and Xbox 360 featuring their mascot, the Burger King. Uh-huh. Which of the following was not one of the Burger King games? All right. Which one of these was not a Burger King game? Was it Big Bumpin'? Was it Burger Bounce Explosion? Was it Pocket Bike Racer? Or was it Sneak King? What was the second one? Burger Bounce Explosion. I want to say that one, wasn't it? Are you sure, Dean? Is that your final answer? I think so. The other ones sound familiar. You, uh, I'll, get, I'll even give you a lifeline if you want. You know, 50-50 or one of the millionaire-style things. Are you confident? I'm pretty sure it's... What's the first one? Big Bumpin'. Big Bumpin'. That one sounds like a real one. And the second one is the burger thing. And then Pocket, pocket Bike Racer and Sneak King. I know Sneak King was definitely one. It's got to be one of the first three. I don't remember the burger one. I remember driving around to Burger King's trying to buy those stupid things. <laughs> they were like 3 or $4 each, I remember. Yeah. Pocket Bike Racer actually sounds like a different game. I'll go with that one. You can go, go Pocket Bike? Yeah. All right. Well, Dean, you should have stuck with your gut. It was, in fact, Burger Bounce Explosion. Pocket oh, Bike Racer was what was real. Okay, you threw yeah. me off there, yeah. But yeah, that's... I've got Those a, games were I've got a cool. future as a, uh, as a game show host, let me tell you yeah. what. No, you're right. They actually were halfway decent, and that was kind of the amazing part about them. Yeah. So, uh, Patrick Dunning, congratulations. You've won yourself a copy of Guitar Hero Van Halen, thanks to Dan Emmerich from uh, oneofswords.com and his, his uh, parents, you know, corporate parents at Activision. So Don't tell him his parents are Activision. <laughs> don't die. Your father, Bobby Kotick. With one of those swords. Well, that's it. Let's get out of here. Let's do some plugs. Let's start by not only, Dean, I want to thank you once again for hanging out for a while, giving a great thank interview. You, and again, it, was, it really was, for me, a fascinating insight into your story. And it, it's such a great story and, and a unique story. Thanks. It's been fun to share. Now you realize that you're, you've got like the, the second album jinx to get over. It's like, you know, because so many bands have, have that first great album and then they can never replicate the success. Yeah, maybe I should just retire. <laughs> just go just quit while you're ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's the beauty part of games is I fi- you know, as opposed to movies where the sequel is almost never as good as the first one, games as you yourself stated, you got so much more to learn. You you're going to head into your next project with so much more experience and knowledge and a and a better idea of what to expect that I'll bet you, you know, that your your next game is going to be even better than your first one. I hope so. I, I probably should have shot lower for the first one. <laughs> yep, that's a that's an eight point five from IGN. There's not much not much uh, room to grow there. You really should just pack it in and call it a day. All right, thank no, you. No, don't do that. Instead, go to IGN.com and read our review of Dust and Elysian Tale, in which we award it an eight point five. Find out why we liked it and what parts we liked. You can also, uh, if you want to go, Dean. In fact, go lo- tonight. Log on to your Xbox. And check out, load up your IGN app. We have our app on the Xbox 360, and you can watch our video review of your own game. Yeah, you guys have that up there, and I see you have the the launch trailer up there. It's pretty cool. You bet. Take a look at all that. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. You can find, of course, at IGN. I am at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, My co-host, Mitchie D., who's not here, is at Mitchie D., 
Justin Davis at Error Justin, and Destin is at Destin Ligari. Dean, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, I'm I'm a Noogie Tweet, N-O-O-G-Y-T-W-E-E-T, Noogie Tweet. Excellent. Well, we will do that. Follow you and see uh, see what your what your future holds. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I do want to congratulate you one more time. Dust is a, is an accomplishment, and you got you're feeling proud, right? It's a job well done. Do you, do you just feel great right now? Well, you see, my wife named my company Humble Hearts for a reason because <laughs> I'm I'm actually pretty pretty mellow. It's it's definitely a good feeling, but I'm just kind of just kind of chilling. That's you know. You can't fault that. That's a yeah. you're a good man. That's a good attitude. So uh, for Dean Dodrill, Justin Davis, Destin Legary, I am Ryan McCaffrey. I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's podcast unlocked. Most of you get us on iTunes, where you can search for podcast unlocked and just subscribe for free, and the show will be automatically downloaded to you. That's the easiest way to get it. You can also log on to the, of course, the Zoom Marketplace for folks like Dean who have a Windows phone. You can get us on there. Or, of course, just keep it locked to IGN.com. So we will see everybody again next week.